Welcome to Behind the Post, your go-to podcast for unraveling all things B2B social media, presented by Octopost. In each episode, you'll hear from creative and data-driven experts in the B2B social media space who will discuss what takes place behind the post, from initial ideas to successful execution and every step in between. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just dipping your toes into the social media waters, we've got something for everyone. Introducing your host, Alina Dalal. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of our new season of Behind the Post. Our guest for this episode has worked in social for about eight years now in a range of different industries and has been at CBiz for the last two and a half years, recently moving into her position as the director of social media. When she's not going behind the post, she's spending time with her husband and two dogs, Jade and Cardi B. She's also a giant Kansas City Chiefs fan, a general enthusiast of sports and a big country music lover. So without further ado, please welcome Brittany Otting to the show. So Brittany, are you ready to go behind the post with me? I am. Amazing. So I'm so excited to have you here today. But before we dive deep into all the insights you have for us, I'd love if you can give our audience a brief look at your professional journey. Absolutely. Um, so I, I've always been in social about the past like seven to eight years. Um, I've been in kind of a wide array of industries, which is really cool. So I think I bring kind of a unique aspect because I've really jumped industries. Um, I started thinking I always wanted to work in sports my whole life. Um, I worked at a collegiate athletic department for three or four years, um, really managing all their social media accounts. I think at the height of it, it was, you know, over 30 social media accounts. So it was a lot. Um, then realized, you know, maybe sports wasn't the right place for me. Um, so I moved into commercial real estate and was doing marketing um, for a commercial real estate company. And then I found my way here to CBiz, um, a professional services company. So we have a wide array of services, um, but really social has been the, the middle of it all. Um, it's what I've loved and it's the part of marketing that I think allows a lot of creativity. So that's kind of where I've, I wanted my career to go and it's here and I see a lot of a, a bright future. Amazing. So you touched on it a little briefly, but if you can give our listeners a deeper look into what CBIS is, what you do, and what your role entails. Yeah. Um, so CBIS is a, a professional services company. Um, when you think of CBIS, when people hear the name, a lot of times they think it's just an accounting and tax firm, um, which we are but we also aren't. Um, we also have a whole benefits and insurance division. Um, and then the, the really cool thing about CBIS is it's, you know, across the entire United States, we have over a hundred offices um, and we really pride ourselves in being a national firm with, you know, national reach and services, but the local firm feel that small firm feel. Um, so CBIS is, is a really great place. We have a lot of different services of, you know, life insurance, employee benefits, um, human capital management, but then we have audit and a test and, and tax services. Um, so we really have it all. And it's a great way for, you know, our clients to get a wide array of things instead of just coming to a company for one thing. So that's CBiz. Um, I, like you said, am the director of social media. Um, so I really oversee our entire social media strategy um, across all of our different channels. Um, and then I also oversee our social selling program, which I know we'll, we'll dive into a little bit more. Um, and then I also work heavily to, to work on our employer brand and kind of social recruiting. So that's a newer part to my role, um, but really working heavily with our national recruiting team to, to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward with our brands, but how are we also attracting people to come work for us? Um, so that's kind of a high level overview. 
Amazing. So as you mentioned, your social selling program, I was wondering if you could walk us through how you do it and all about the program. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the program, and I feel like it always has to be, but it's, it's ever evolving. You have to really change with the times and also the people The also, you know, the unique part of CBiz is we have so many different services and every revenue producer works differently and they're going to use tools that we have very differently. So being able to, to pivot and make sure we're tailoring it directly to the person and the use case for it. Um, but essentially the, the normal practice is, you know, new revenue producers receive training from the social team along with other teams that we have here that help with our social selling program. Um, but we kind of have a, a two training setup in place. Um, the first being with her name is Sarah, and I know she's going to be a guest on the podcast later. Um, but Sarah really manages our employee advocacy program. And our kind of rule of thumb is you can't sell on social if your pages aren't set up properly. So it always starts with your profile. Um, so she does the first training and really walks through, you know, this is how your profile should be set up. These are best practices. And then now how do we put that into practice and really position you as a, as a thought leader? Um, because again, you can't sell anything if you aren't looked at as a thought leader in the industry. And that is just the, the, best part about the employee advocacy program that she has really built. Um, so that's the first part. And then the second part is me meeting with them and talking to them about how to put these social selling actions, you know, actually into their daily routine. Um, you know, what are some ideas for outreach? What's best practices when you are sending messages to, to possible prospects? So um, that's kind of the, the training program that we have in place. Um, any questions on it? I can go deeper. I don't know how deep you want me to go. <laughs> I'd love to. So what kind of things are you doing on a daily basis to set up the program? Daily? I don't know necessarily if there's daily things, but I would say more on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, I would say weekly we're, we're training new people. We're, we're constantly getting new team members, but also beyond new team members, what we've really tried to build, and this is part of our 2024 strategy is, how are we educating and retaining the members in the program already? So creating really tailored training to certain groups, because like I already mentioned, every service line that we have uses these tools very differently. And every, you know, job title is going to use the tools very differently. A sales development representative is going to use it very different than a producer that's, you know, deep into their career with a large book of business. So how are we tailoring training specifically to those people to make it worth their time? Um, we're pulling reports on their activity. So, you know, are you reaching out to prospects? Are you sending connection requests? Um, are you sending them pieces of content and seeing if they are interested in it? So what does the activity look like? And then tailoring that training to what they, to, to the areas they need enablement. Um, so I would say that's probably more on a weekly weekly basis. Um, daily, I don't know. Day, I feel like our day-to-day and -day social changes so frequently, you really have to pivot with what's happening. Yeah. Um, so, but that would be kind of an insight into weekly what we're doing. Yeah. And when it comes to social selling and reaching out to more prospects and you want to prove that social media does have this impact um, on the bottom line, how are you proving that it influences revenue? Is there a structure in place you have? Yes, there is. Yeah. So um, we have some some flows built into our CRM to really pull in what we would consider these social selling actions. So, you know, commenting on prospects posts or 
vice versa, sending connection requests, sending messages. Um, so we have these flows built in that will automatically pull so we can see if that open opportunity or revenue was influenced by social media, specifically LinkedIn. That's that's our number one channel, especially for our, our business. Um, but with the employee advocacy program, Octopost, um, we have some flows built in where we can see if there are conversions on our advocates posts. And, you know, I always, when I meet with our marketers and they're wanting to put, you know, content on our channels, I'm like, great, we can do it. But the best way to get things out there is through our advocates. If you add up their reach, significantly larger than ours. Um, so it's really cool to see those conversions flow in. Um, and then we can go track those conversions, reach out to the people, get case studies. And that's just going to help kind of build our, our repertoire as we go up to, to new people and say, hey, this is what we want you to do. This is why we want you to do it. And this is how it works. Yeah. So going off of that, um, and getting the sales teams to be engaged in it and make it a habit. Is there other methods you also use to encourage them to take part in social selling? You know, I, I always like start my presentations when we're pitching it to a new group to join tools or we're just refreshing. I always say like it's in the numbers. We show them the numbers and we're like, this is the number that was influenced by social media. This this one revenue, there was social selling actions that influenced this deal and it was from social media. Um, and that usually grabs their attention if I'm being super honest. Um, yeah. I, it would grab mine. I, our numbers are still coming in, um, but it's around 14 million of revenue last year um, where social media was influenced. Um, so it's it's important to always lead with that. But I also think it's important, like those conversions I mentioned, how do we dig deeper into those and say, hey, can you tell me how you use social media? Because every time, every you know one revenue looks different how they use it are they researching the company or did they book the initial meeting through LinkedIn whatever it may be but how do we reach out to those people figure out how they used it and then share it with others so they can see it's there's no set in stone way to use social media to influence opportunities that is one revenue it's it's what you make it um so I think that's probably the biggest way that we communicate with sales leaders yeah, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. When someone realizes the impact of what they could have, it would definitely encourage them to do it as well. Yes. Um, so my next question for you is, what is your philosophy around B2B social? Seeing as you can go about it so many different ways, like how do you approach it? Yeah, I mean, B2B social, I feel like is hard and it's much different than like B2C social. Um, I think our sales cycles are a lot longer in, in B2B and specifically in our industry, they are much longer sales cycles. So you really have to work to address pain points with your audience. You have to see what their needs are and talk to that. Um, I, I mentioned being thought leaders, but we also as a company want to be a leader in the industry. So when somebody has that pain point, they think, oh, I want to go to CBiz because I know that they can help me. Um, so I feel like B2B is, is much more of finding what their pain points are and helping to solve that need where like B2C is, you know, it's short sales cycles. We want to sell you this product. We're going to do something fun and gimmicky to get you interested in this product. And that's not something we can do as a, you know, as a business. Um, so I, I think the philosophy is communicating well, um, being very clear in your message, but also being clear about what does my audience want 
to see. And with SEBAs having so many services, sometimes that gets hard and the water gets really muddy because we do have such a wide array of things that we offer. Um, and then how do we build our strategy to make sure we're sharing our page with all of our different services and not losing the, you know, um, the attention of an audience member from that's interested in life insurance when we're talking about accounting. So how do we really make sure that our strategy is clear to the, to the audience? That's something we have to work through every day. Definitely. So with that in mind, on the corporate side of things, then how do you, what does your social strategy look like? And how do you hit all those points of communicating to those different personas? Yeah, you know, I think part of our strategy is that our employees are our best advocates, right? Like, so how do we engage them to share our content? Um, Something we're actually trying this year that we haven't done in the past is creating content that's for our corporate channels that looks extremely different than what we're creating for our employees to share out. It's all linking back to the same places, but it looks and feels really different. Um, I think it also empowers our employees to create their own voice um, and not just regurgitate what we're putting on our corporate channels. That's that's a big thing that we're really trying to focus on. Um, but for our, our corporate channels, we're really watching the algorithms. They change so frequently. What is the algorithm supporting right now? It's video, obviously. So video is like the biggest thing that we're really trying to pivot to. Um, We just hired a a new video editor. We've never had a video department before. So um, our strategy is changing every day because we're really trying to pump out some videos. Um, We also are trying different types of content, different mediums. So we're mixing it up. We're not just posting articles. We're not just posting videos. We're really mixing it up. Um, Specifically on LinkedIn, we're really loving PDFs right now. Um, The PDF view is so good. Um, Prospects can download the PDF too. Um, We're seeing engagement rates over 20% on our PDFs, which is insanely high. Um, Normally it's like three to 5%. That's kind of, you know, status quo. So um, we're really watching our analytics and seeing what's doing well. If we had a month that did really well, what did we post? What was our strategy here? And then if we had a month that didn't, what didn't go well um, and how do we fix it? So I think our, our strategy is constantly changing, but just doing our best to mix it up across services and mix up the mediums that we're posting. Yeah, definitely. And if you keep it fresh and add different things, it's more engaging for the audience as well. So Absolutely. other than PDFs, is there anything else that engages your audience? Oh, yeah. Um, culture. Culture is our yeah. far and away, our number one post. I'm not surprised um, by that answer. Yeah, not at all. And you know, what's funny is LinkedIn is historic. And I, I, I say LinkedIn because that really is our number one channel. But um, LinkedIn historically has been so professional and people have never wanted to share personal on LinkedIn. Um, and really in, in 2020 is when that shifted. So four years ago, um, people were really caring a lot more about seeing personal sides to people, um, building more holistic relationships with people. Um, and I think that goes with our brand is we want to be buttoned up, but like the top buttons unbuttoned, like it's more you know, natural and human. Um, And part of the way to do that is sharing what our people are doing. Um, This also helps us attract not just, you know, clients, but attract people to our company. Um, We pride ourselves in our people. And so when we're posting our people volunteering at events, you know, at a happy hour, at conferences, 
the engagement is crazy and it's what our, our current people are asking for. They're constantly wanting to post more. Um, so now as they see our, our corporate channels doing this, our employees were trying to get in the habit of, you know, post yourself at lunch with a colleague or post yourself winning an award, whatever that kind of personal touch could be to mix in with your content. It also keeps the audience on their toes. Like we talked about, you know, mixing up what we're posting. So that for sure is the best post we have culture. Definitely. It also humanizes the brand and the person. Because I yes. think LinkedIn can be so corporate that when someone sees a bit of personality or something personal to somebody, it really resonates. And like I gravitate towards it. So I can definitely yeah. say, I'll make an effort. Yeah, well, and I think you do business with businesses you're comfortable with. Yeah. And if you're so buttoned up, that they don't understand what you're talking about or they feel like scared to go to them. Um, they're not going to do business with you. And, and that is our CBiz brand. It's we are buttoned up, but we're also very humble and yeah. humanized. And when we put our messaging across, it's something you can understand. And in our industry, like, you know, investments and accounting, those are heavy topics. So how do you take it to where the average person could understand what you're talking about? Definitely. Definitely. And as you said before, people trust people. So that helps behind the scenes, like create those relationships and meaningful connections online. Absolutely. Um, my next question for you is what's one thing you wish your colleagues in other departments knew about social media? Oh, that's <laughs> such a hard question. Um, you know, I think this is no fault to anybody else, but unless you're in the world of social, you don't understand literally what goes behind the post. Like you, they don't understand the strategy that goes behind it. Um, I think it's really easy for an outsider who's never done it to just say like, can't you just make that post? Like just go, you know, put it up. But, you know, we plan weeks and months in advance. Um, we're following trends. We're seeing, you know, what is working on our channels? What isn't, you know, if we posted too much about employee benefits last month, we have to make sure we're sharing that channel. So I, I always wish that people, and this has been in every company I've worked for, that they understood that it's more than just making a post. Um, we don't want to just post things to post it and get it out there. We want to post it so people see it, understand it, and engage with it. And I think sometimes that's just, people don't understand that. Yeah. I listened to a podcast recently and someone was also saying like, they get sensing from social to go out the next day. And sometimes it just, it can't work like that because you want to put time into it and value into it. So I think also like communication between the departments is something like really important as well. Yeah. And we, we get that too. And we, I always talk to my team, like, how do we how do we look at those? And maybe sometimes those ones we get, they are urgent. We have to get them out and that's okay. And how do we pivot and change what we already have scheduled? But that that's totally true. We get all the time. Hey, can you get this up right now? We're like, we can tomorrow or we can in a couple of days. And here's why and explaining why rather than just saying no. And that's probably something we can always get better at. Right. But yeah, the strategy behind it, I think is always really overlooked and you know, I'm sure we overlook things in, in others' jobs as well. So that's yeah, normal. Definitely. As they always say, social media changes overnight. Like what you have planned for the next week can change overnight as well. So 
yeah, even like there's constantly new channels coming up that you have to research. You don't want to be the first, but you don't want to be the last on a new channel. Um, And then, you know, when Twitter rebranded to X, that changed the algorithm significantly. It changed our followers. It changed, you know, usage. Um, So, you know, how do you constantly, I I think people don't understand the education that has to go behind it. You're always having to stay up to date. So I could go on and on, but I won't. Well, thank you so much for joining me this episode. That was really interesting. And I know that it's provided so much valuable information for our listeners on the social selling strategy side and corporate social. Um, I can't wait to get this episode out. So I just want to thank you again. Um, I've loved having you on the episode with me. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for going with me behind the post. If today's conversation inspired you and you want to keep hearing directly from B2B social media experts, never miss a single episode by following and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. To help us continue creating fantastic content, go ahead and leave a review or rate the show. If you're listening on the Apple Podcasts app, simply scroll to ratings and reviews and tap on those five stars. If you love today's show, let's get social and reach out on LinkedIn, X or YouTube and be sure to tag at Octopost. That's O-K-T-O-P-O-S-T. For more social media tips and resources, check out Octopost.com. See you next time.